time for the best coverage of the top stories in sports. The Sports Wrap with Jason Page starts now. Great to have you with us this Thursday edition of the show. Lots to talk about over the next hour. We'll get into it with our man Sam Yarnell, get his thoughts on the big Pascal Siakam trade. Pacers upgrading big time. Also, something to consider. And some odds and ends uh, before we say goodbye. PGA Tour event out here in La Quinta, California this week. Just steps from where I am. We'll have some uh, betting favorites for you on that. But let's talk about some NFL. And always happy to do it with this guy, the great Ross Tucker, host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Check him out on social media. You'll see his uh, X, formerly known as Twitter, handle below, Ross Tucker NFL. Ask him a quick question uh, if we want. MyFrontPageStory.com, and we'll get into that as well. So I was driving back from Los Angeles last week uh, on Saturday night, and I happened to turn on my my Sirius XM radio, and I heard you uh, and uh, the great Kevin Harlan doing what had to be one of the... I mean, look, you've probably played in some weird weather situations. What was it like to broadcast from that Kansas City-Miami game? Well, first of all, that's the coldest... Uh, experience I've ever had in my life and not being in the booth because Kansas city, I'm trying to think they might be the only radio booth in the league where you can't open the window. You physically cannot open the window. So I was not cold. I mean, it wasn't warm up near the window, but I wasn't, I wasn't cold. What was wild about it though. It was so cool. Cold Jason. Yeah. That when I would talk, right? My breath or whatever would hit the window in front of me freeze and freeze. It would freeze. (laughs) That's how cold it was that quickly. The breath or whatever comes out of your mouth when you talk that would hit the glass and it would freeze made it hard to see the players at times. Every commercial break, we were like scraping (laughs) the ice off that was being made. We finally figured out you spray the bottles with some alcohol and that and then it didn't it didn't do it as badly but it was wild and after the game I'm telling you right now walking from the stadium <laughs> to the car it was not far and yet that is the coldest I've ever been let me guess that howie he Denneroff let me guess that howie Denneroff wasn't doing that game with you no he was not <laughs> howie was in he Dallas. is way too smart for that yeah, he was in Dallas. I'm telling you, though, it's a little man, inside like, joke for people. Just walking, just walking to the car. Yeah, the wind hitting my face gave me immediate like brain freeze, ice cream headache. So I've never been so cold that you got like a brain freeze or ice cream headache, whatever you call it. That's how cold it was. That's that's amazing. And amazingly, you know, Kansas City played so well in this game that it led people to start asking the question, hey, could they be one of those teams that plays one way for 18 weeks of the season, 17 games, and then can flip the switch and become that team that we saw make a run and win a Super Bowl last year? Are you of the belief that one game cures all ills, or is this receiving course still ultimately the downfall for this team. I think they can go on a run, but to win in Buffalo and then to win at Baltimore at, uh, more than likely, and then to win against, let's just call it the Niners, right? If we go by this, that'd be a tall task, right? 
back-to-back road games for the Chiefs to win and then playing a team in San Francisco that's better than them, that would surprise me, but I wouldn't put it past them. It's wild, Jason, that the worst year that Mahomes and Andy Reid have had together, (laughs) you think about, like, the losses, six losses, every offensive statistic just so happens to coincide with the best defense Andy Reid arguably ever had. <laughs> Number two in the league in both points per game allowed and yards allowed. It's just crazy to think about, but Steve Spagnolo and his side of the ball has kind of saved the day for the Chiefs. And I think they kind of did again Saturday night against the Dolphins, holding down to uh, Tyreek and the guys. Uh, but now they have a huge challenge, obviously, against Josh Allen, who just, I'm not saying he's the best quarterback, but when wow. he's playing at his best, it there's nobody I'd rather watch. The turnover that, thing, when, the turnover thing doesn't bother you, though. Oh, I said when he's playing at his best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, of course, the turnovers are the concern. I call him Superman with the turnovers being kryptonite. Yeah, I heard you say uh, that. Big Fangio called him John Elway on steroids. But again, <laughs> I'm talking about when he's playing at his best. The turnovers are a problem, and they have been. He's limited them some during this awesome stretch the Bills have been on. But that ultimately will be what will doom the Bills if and when they lose a playoff game. That and right now, the injuries they have on the defensive side of the ball, it's rough. I mean, it is bad on defense for the Bills, and that might be just too much. It's the biggest injury disparity in terms of the health of the two teams mm-hmm. of any of the divisional round games. I'm I'm religious with Sports Injury Central, sixscore.com, and it, it, it makes a difference. I mean, you think about the teams that are more healthy and less healthy coming into these games, it very clearly affects the outcome of these games, I think, more than we talk about. Uh, go back to, to Kansas City for a second. Steve Spagnuolo, you know, we, talk, we heard all this talk about Dan Quinn potentially getting a, an NFL head coaching gig with what, you know, that Dallas defense was able to do, much less now after what took place over the weekend against Green Bay. Is Spags a guy that's going to get interviews, and does he want to be a head coach again? It's a really good question, Jason. I hadn't thought of it. Uh, it doesn't sound like he's going to. He probably should. You know, he's had a darn good run of it and darn good track record. Mm-hmm. In Kansas City, they didn't have a great situation when he was in L.A. or St. Louis, I guess, with the Rams. And so, yeah, I kind of feel like his name probably should be mentioned. I mean, everybody's looking. It's just a tough year, right? Mm. I mean, with Belichick and Pete Carroll and Vrabel and Jim Harbaugh, there's a lot of guys that you think were probably, and even some of these young OCs like Ben Johnson and Bobby Slowick, you think that uh, – Nick Steve Spagnuolo is probably going to be lower down the totem pole than those guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure his age probably works against him a little bit as well there. You know, I mean, teams are looking for that young, energetic sort of uh, mind sometimes. Uh, we're spending some time with Ross Tucker, giving us some time. Uh, does a great job on the Westwood One NFL broadcasts. I got more to talk about with him on the other side, including the game he's doing this weekend, which features Baltimore and Houston. Who would have thought we'd see the Texans in this position? We're coming back.
Over 13 million Americans were affected by identity theft in 2022, and the threats go way beyond just credit card fraud. Today's identity thieves can use your information in ways that are easy to miss by just monitoring accounts and credit, like opening loans, transferring home titles, even committing crimes. Someone got my social security number, made a driver's license, and was used for criminal activity. You can do so much with a social security number that I didn't know could happen. They drained my bank account. It was terrifying. You're even more vulnerable than you realize. Your information is exposed through online shopping, banking, even corporate data breaches. No wonder there's a new victim of identity theft every three seconds. Only LifeLock alerts you to the widest volume of threats all in one place, like someone trying to use your social security number, open a new loan in your name, or even commit a crime in your name. There was a big yes button and there was a big no button. I clicked, that's not me, and LifeLock took it from there. If you become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will be assigned to your case and work to fix the issue on your behalf. If something happens, you have somebody fighting for you. All LifeLock members are backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package, including reimbursement for stolen funds, personal expenses, and coverage for lawyers and experts up to $1 million. It can be dangerously easy to steal your identity. With LifeLock, it's easy to help protect yourself. I will be with LifeLock forever. Join the millions of people already protected by LifeLock. And for a limited time, save 25% on your first year with promo code 25TV. All plans include a 60-day money-back guarantee. Call 800-710-7531 or visit lifelock.com slash 25TV to save 25% on your first year of identity theft protection. Enroll now. Attention families with a loved one in a nursing home. If your loved one has suffered from bed sores, falls, broken bones, dehydration, or even death, you may be entitled to a substantial settlement. If you have a loved one who was injured in a nursing home, we will find out what happened. State violations are found against nursing homes every day. You have a limited time to file your claim, so don't wait. Call 800-398-5999 and speak with one of our attorneys. The call is confidential and free. Sports Wrap continues on this Thursday, and we continue with Ross Tucker. Does a great job on the NFL. Host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. You can catch him on the Westwood One broadcasts as well. Social media, Ross Tucker NFL on X, formerly known as Twitter. So tell me about MyFrontPageStory.com and what this is about. I'm going to tell you about it, Jay. I'm going to show it to you. It is oh, the best it. Valentine's Day gift I love it. I have ever heard of. My buddy started the company. You literally talk to one of their writers for 10 minutes or whatever about your significant other, and you tell them how great they are. They write this amazing story, and you just saw it, Jason. It looks like it's on the cover of the newspaper. It's framed. It's beautiful. Pictures of you together, or maybe if you have children, you and the kids, whatever it is. I've seen so many people give these to their loved ones now. It's a home run. I mean, just to be able to say, I wanted something special for you. So I had a story written about you. That sounds awesome. And then when they actually read the story and you have quotes like, I just never thank him or her for everything she does for the family, all the little things. They cry almost every time, Jay. It's amazing. Highly encourage it. Myfrontpagestory.com. And then 
You gotta give people a gift that hangs up in the house because then it's hanging up forever. It's like a constant reminder. It's like the gift that keeps on giving. I love it. Um, talk to me about the game you're doing this weekend, Baltimore and Houston. Obviously, Baltimore comes into this postseason as the favorite out of the AFC, if not all of football. Um, we know that as great as Lamar Jackson has been this year, and he should be the MVP, that he's going to ultimately be gauged on what he does in the postseason with a one and two career record. Um, Isaiah likely has done a great job in, instead um, of Mark Andrews, who looks like he could be coming back now. Talk about this Ravens team playing outstanding football right now when it matters most. I'm really looking forward to this game uh, on a lot of different levels. I mean, first of all, I'm still surprised by the way the Texans beat down Me too. the Cleveland Browns. I, I thought the Browns would win that game. I kind of thought, Jason, my Me thought too. process was, you know, the Texans, they had that win in your in game in Indy. They got it done. Kudos to them. And then they even got a home playoff game out of it when the Jags lost. Okay, that's cool. I was not expecting them to come out and play that well against Cleveland, who had actually rested a bunch of guys in week 18 and should have been primed and ready to go. And I guess they were. They had to lead 14-10. And next thing you know, what did the Browns, uh, the, the Texans, really, the next 35 or 38 points or whatever it was, C.J. Stroud, I think we need to have the conversation about him being arguably the best rookie quarterback we've ever seen. I mean, that that's what this young man is doing. But this is a different challenge now on the road against Baltimore, who kind of proved themselves, I guess, to be the best team in football in the regular season. The number one ranked scoring defense, their defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald, we were talking you know, earlier in the show about Steve Spagnuolo. Mike McDonald has been fantastic as well in Baltimore. That's done a really good job. And you got to go against the probable MVP in Lamar Jackson. The hope for the Texans is that they can hit on some big plays and they can find a way to turn over the Ravens. The Ravens have the best turnover differential in the NFL. The Ravens have slaughtered winning teams, playoff teams all season. It's going to be a tall task for the Texans for sure. Our audience on uh, Masson down there in the D.C. area, obviously, uh, taking a, a good listen to what you're saying about that game. You'll be doing it with Tom McCarthy on the national radio side this weekend. Uh, Packers and 49ers, I mean, look, what can you say about Jordan Love, who I think has been one of the top few quarterbacks in the league here since week 11, uh, 18 touchdowns to one or two interceptions, something like that, has played so well can they continue this run uh, in San Francisco against a 49ers team that has just been so good? You know, I, I, I don't think so. I mean, they can, um, and love has been fantastic. That would be incredible, right? I mean, a team that's comprised of all first and second year receivers and tight ends to go on the road and destroy the Cowboys, then to do it again in San Francisco. I mean, that would be one of the most epic first playoff runs ever for a quarterback like Jordan Love. I don't know that they'll be able to do to the Niners what they did to the Cowboys. Frankly, I'm still stunned by what they did to the Cowboys and the outcome of that game. I thought that was the most surprising outcome of wildcard weekend, the way the Cowboys got torched. But again, short week now for the Packers. 
going out to San Francisco against a rested, ready-to-roll Niners team that really looks poised to make a Super Bowl run of their own. Are you surprised the Cowboys stuck with Mike McCarthy, or was it simply a case of what through whatever back channels they got a sense they couldn't get one of the two or three big coaching free agents that were out there or didn't want to? Uh, maybe a little bit. I kind of thought it was 50-50. Um, you know, Dak Prescott had a fantastic year. I mean, he's going to end up being top five in voting for MVP. I think he was second team all-pro quarterback. And McCarthy's primarily the offensive side of the ball. And they were pretty darn good there the whole year. It was really Dan Quinn's defense that let them down as much as anything, I thought, in the game against the Packers. So I always say this, Jay. I think if you're 50-50, it can go either way. I would always say bet on continuity. You know, bet on sticking with it and trying to make it work and improve as opposed to just starting from scratch. Plus, I don't know. I don't know if uh, Jerry Jones wants to bring in a guy like Belichick. You know, I know that's the name a lot of people were saying, but I don't know that that's really Jerry Jones style. He brings in Belichick. Belichick wins the Super Bowl. Then Belichick gets all the credit. I don't think that's what Jerry Jones wants. (laughs) Uh, Nick Sirianni, you're in Pennsylvania. Uh, not too, too far from Philadelphia, but far enough. Um, give me a sense for the, the mindset of Eagles fans. And, you know, he hasn't met with Jeffrey Lurie yet, has Nick Sirianni. But do you get the sense here in this final 45 seconds I have with you that, that Nick Sirianni is the guy to lead this team forward? And does Jeffrey Lurie feel that way? Well, I think, again, it's probably 50-50. And it was going to come down to Nick Sirianni, whatever he says to Jeffrey Lurie. I mean, this this is like he has to sell Jeffrey Lurie more or less on the business plan for for next year. Who are the coordinators? How do you get it fixed? And so none of us really know because it's one guy, Jeffrey Lurie, making the decision based on what one guy presents to him. And unless you tell me what Nick Sirianni is presenting to him, I really don't know. I would tend to lean towards he stays, but you never know. Ross Tucker, he does a great job on the Westwood One NFL broadcast. Catch him on Saturday with the Ravens and Houston Texans alongside Tom McCarthy, the host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Check him out over on X, Ross Tucker NFL. And if you're looking for a great gift idea, myfrontpagestory.com. Ross, uh, I'm grateful for the time. Thank you, sir. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Jason. Good to catch up with Ross Tucker here on the show. All right, stick around. Sam Yarnell's coming up on the other side. We'll get into the Pascal Siakam trade. A whole bunch more. Sports Wrap continues. Good to have you all with us on the Sports Wrap on this Thursday. All of you include Sam Yarnell. Meh. I mean, you got what you got, right? You get what you pay for. Isn't that what they say? Look at him. Look at him. Look at him. He's a feature. By the way, you would have loved uh, what Ross Tucker had to say. He loves your boy, Josh Allen. Loves your boy, Josh Allen. Called him Less Superman. Great, great minds think alike. Great minds think alike. He went Jason. to Princeton, by the way. Ross Tucker's no dummy. Ross Tucker's no dummy. I mean, it's no Hofstra or anything like that. I was going to say Princeton, Hofstra, same level of education, really. I don't think so. Um, But, yeah, he did have – he did the one thing he did say about your boy, Josh Allen, before we get into this Pascal Siakam deal, is if he doesn't turn the football over, that he still – that's the only thing he's worried about in this game against Kansas City 
is the turnover bug. And look, he's going up against one of the best defensive minds in Steve Spagnuolo. So we'll see what happens this week. I think it's going to be a great game. I really can't wait. Page versus the Prince tomorrow on the show. We'll have all the picks for uh, divisional playoff weekend. Yes. Jason, with all those turnovers and Josh Allen being such a problem, the Bills such must have ranked problem. really poorly in points allowed off turnovers, right? Well, uh, here we go. Come on. You've been I'm dying just saying, to give this statistic. Because when we're gonna make when we're gonna make this argument that Josh Allen, the problem with him is the turnovers, then naturally you would expect the Bills to lead the league or at least be top five in points allowed off turnovers. They're not even top ten. The turnovers where, where that Josh that? Allen produces matter more for momentum than actually and that does scoring and, points. And that's fair. And that does matter. Where were they though? Just because I don't, I don't actually know the statistic. Where are they in points off turnovers? I don't have it written down. I think it was top 15th or 15th. It was near okay. the middle. It was generally okay. middle of the third. pack. All right. That's fine. Uh, let's talk about Pascal Siakam. Got to get to this deal because right after we finished the show yesterday, uh, the Pacers made a big deal, traded a bunch of guys away to Toronto uh, to get Pascal Siakam, who becomes obvious. Look, it, that was the big that was the big trade prize in this in this trade market. You know, prior to the deadline, yeah, guys like Chris Paul might still be out there. Um, you know, there might be a few other names that that make their way into the into the trade talks, but Pascal Siakam with his expiring contract was thought to be the big prize of the trade deadline. Indiana gets him. He adds a ton defensively uh, to a team that needs help defensively. You know, when Tyrese Halliburton comes back, this is this is an interesting team, and we've seen what they've done against Milwaukee this year. I think they were 5-1 and one in six matchups against the Bucks, so they are sort of the kryptonite, uh, you know, to Milwaukee, if you, if you want to think of them as Superman. Give me some thoughts on on Siakam to the Pacers. I love the deal. I I do too, but my general reaction right off the top, and it's one that I've had multiple times throughout this uh, NBA trade season, the trade market in the National Basketball Association right now is so overinflated. Somebody just traded multiple players, three first-round picks, for Pascal Siakam on an expiring contract. I'm not saying Pascal Siakam is bad by any stretch of the imagination, but Pascal Siakam is not in any world worth three first-round picks for a rental, especially going to a team like the Indiana Pacers, who, all due respect to the Indiana Pacers, are a little bit more than one Pascal Siakam away from being hands-down title favorites, which is kind of what you have to be if you're giving up three first-round picks. It's got to be a trade that makes you the title favorite. So that was my big takeaway. That said, this helps Indiana with exactly what they've been struggling with all season long, and that is a staple on defense. Now they've got someone who they can build that entire defense around, and Pascal Siakam is a great option in terms of that kind of player that they needed. Averages, Again, averaging 22 a game, uh, fifty shoots over 52% from the field, a lot of those obviously closer to the basket, but he shoots basically f- almost 32% from three, six rebounds, five assists a game. Uh, he is going to help that team. And look, if it just gets you into that, the question is, does it get him into that top tier? Does it put him with the Celtics, the Sixers, the Bucks, the Cavs who are sort of on the periphery of that conversation, the Knicks on the periphery of that conversation? I'll tell you right now, I don't want to play that Indiana team in the playoffs. I don't want to play that. I don't want to play that team at all. 
um, you know, knowing what they have in terms of offensive firepower. But you make a valid point, you know, about being a rental player. At the same time, there are relationships between his agent, players on that team, Siakam, that lead them to believe they're going to be able to sign him in the offseason. And I don't think you make that deal. I don't think you can make that deal if you don't think you could sign him in the offseason. And I'll throw one other thing in here. And I have always said this. I said it last year when Kyrie Irving, when Dallas made the trade to get Kyrie Irving. And a lot of people killed it. And it went horribly bad last year. We'll see how it goes this year. Lost to the Lakers on Wednesday night. I said this last year, though. If you give, if if you are a team owner or a fan of a team, and you see your owner going for it, when you see your owner going for it, whether it's for a rental or whatever, maybe even the Yankees with Juan Soto, it's like you know what, man, they're going for it this year. They haven't won a World Series in forever, forever being a relative term in Yankee fans' minds. You want to see your team go for it, and he was the prized asset in this trade market. And they went for it. So I'll never crush a team for going for it. Yeah. Definitely a little bit of the Prince's bias showing here, but Kyle Kuzma might be a more valuable asset. We'll see. Kyle Kuzma, pretty, pretty valuable guy coming out. I'm absolutely kidding. Um, Yeah. They made the biggest splash. Uh, Were they the team that needed to make the biggest splash though? Like, That's what I still can't quite get to. It just doesn't feel like this was the year for Indiana to push. It it feels like they've got a great beginning. You just never know when windows are going to close. Guys get hurt, whatever. I mean, so I don't have an issue with it. You just never know when that window's going to be there. Look at the Heat last year. They barely made the playoffs. They were a play-in tournament team. They wind up in the NBA Finals. You just never know. You got to grab the brass ring when you got a chance. And... I'm not going to crush Indiana no matter how this goes. If they keep Siakam in free agency, if they don't, I'm not going to I'm not going to kill them. I, I will always applaud a team going for it. Knicks went and got Ananobi. There was hope they would get Siakam. They didn't. Um, and there's still other guys out there in free agency, and you know maybe the Knicks will go get somebody. But I I will never crush a team for making the move to try and improve their improve their squad. I just can't do it. All right, that's it for Siakam. That's it for the NBA for now. We got some NFL stuff to get to on the other side. Nick Sirianni, Mike McCarthy in the news. Sam and I will talk about it as Sports Wrap continues on this Thursday. Attention families with a loved one in a nursing home. If your loved one has suffered from bed sores, falls, broken bones, dehydration, or even death, you may be entitled to a substantial settlement. If you have a loved one who was injured in a nursing home, we will find out what happened. State violations are found against nursing homes every day. You have a limited time to file your claim, so don't wait. Call 800-398-5999 and speak with one of our attorneys. The call is confidential and free. Sports Wrap continues on this Thursday with some NFL coaching news to get to. All right, Sam Yarnell. You can see his Twitter handle underneath his name. Well, X formerly known as Twitter. At Sam underscore Yarnell if you want to reach out to Sam. At the back page if you're looking for me. All right, Sam. um, Let's talk about it. You've got 
you know, Jerry Jones electing to keep Mike McCarthy. And I got to be honest, I'm kind of surprised until you really sit and think about it. If you kind of marinate in it, as my old buddy Anita Marks used to say, I'm marinating that. Um, you know, this idea that Jerry Jones doesn't want somebody who's going to compete for the spotlight at the top of that organization. Jerry wants all the attention. It's why the first thing everybody looked to after Dallas lost to Green Bay wasn't the comments of Mike McCarthy. It wasn't the comments of Dak Prescott. It was, what's Jerry Jones going to say? That's not compatible with a hire like Jim Harbaugh. That's not compatible with a hire like Bill Belichick. That's, although Belichick doesn't say much to the press, that's not compatible with a hire of Pete Carroll. So to me, maybe it isn't that big of a surprise when you see Mike McCarthy still as the head coach because it's somebody that Jerry can push around. Yeah, Jason, I think Jerry Jones has become very complacent as the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, complacent in this Cowboys finish that we have every year, seemingly, of performing okay during the regular season and then crashing and burning when it comes playoff time. And now that complacency comes from a spot of, you know, partially the fault of us, the media, continuing to give the Cowboys recognition and credit for being a a glorified regular season beast, like a a team that really can't perform, a glorified wild card team, I guess we'll call them, because really, when's the last time the Dallas Cowboys, you were confident going into the divisional round of the playoffs that they were going to win their game? Uh, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, maybe. Guarantee you it wasn't at any point when Dak Prescott was the quarterback. Beyond that, every year this happens, the Cowboys continue to be a huge story right after their season ends. They continue to be one of the most sought-after positions because of the popularity of that market and the historic nature of that team. The reality is all the history that made that team what it is the organization has completely strayed away from. They're in a completely different spot right now than they were in the 90s when they were the best team in the NFL, hands down, without question, really, with two of the probably top 10 players at their position on the same field at the same time. Jerry Jones has become complacent in not having any of that and still being popular. And until that changes, we won't see anything change in Dallas. And here's the thing to think about as well. You're a year away in Dallas from a potential blow-up of this franchise because Dak could be gone after next year, and McCarthy's on the last year of his contract. I don't know how in any right mind you give him an extension off of what just happened, despite the fact that he's had three 12-win seasons. I don't think they're going to go that route. So he's just going to be dangling in the wind next season. Dak still has something to play for, but... I think they're going to come to the conclusion that he's not the answer. So now you're going to be looking for a new quarterback, a new head coach, and the big names that are in this free agent coaching pool are likely going to be swallowed up. So you're going to be looking at, you know, potential coordinators, things like that, which again, might be what Jerry wants. Maybe he wants, you know, some young coordinator that he could push around, manipulate, twist to his whims. But that's, I mean, that's not a great place to be as a franchise, and it's where the Cowboys could very well be when we get to this time next season. Um, Nick Sirianni, still head coach of the Eagles for now. We don't know how much longer that's going to be the case. The team has not said one way or another if he is staying. The declaration was made on Wednesday that Jerry Jones was keeping Mike McCarthy. We haven't heard anything from Jeffrey Lurie yet. 
So Jeffrey Lurie still has, you know, some deciding to do. He still has to meet with Nick Sirianni. We'll see what comes out of that meeting. A lot of the discussion is centered around who Sirianni wants to have as coordinators, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, in 2024. That could go a long way in deciding his fate. Fletcher Cox and Jason Kelsey, who's likely retiring, the latter, have basically come out and said, hey, we support Nick Sirianni. By the way, what are they going to say? He's still the head coach of the team. And they might very well feel that way about him. But the fact of the matter is, I don't put much stock in that. What I will be interested to hear, if he does get let go, is what those guys have to say about Nick Sirianni in that moment. Just really quick, back to the other thing for a second. Mm. I think Ken Dorsey, Dallas Cowboys head coach, has a wonderful ring to it. Okay, to the Sirianni <laughs> thing. I, it, it's still, even to this point, after having seen how the season ended for the Eagles and understanding what we do about the success that Shane Steichen was really driving in that Philadelphia offense that went to the Super Bowl last season, I still think it's just a hair too early to punt on Nick Sirianni already. I mean, coaches have bad seasons, and I understand it's Philadelphia and bad seasons to that fan base for one reason or another, we won't say it on the show, but are incomprehensible. (laughs) Give him a chance. Like, I don't think Philadelphia understands how good they have it compared to other organizations who would kill for a situation like what Nick Sirianni has given to Philadelphia with that roster and how he transformed it into what it is. He deserves nothing but credit. He deserves his job. Remember this. This is the organization that got rid of Doug Peterson after he won what was an elusive Super Bowl for that franchise. So the idea of them letting go of Sirianni after, oh, I don't know, a trip to the Super Bowl. And, you know, uh, uh, another playoff appearance, double-digit wins. It's not that crazy to me. I agree with you, though. I think they should keep him for at least another year. Let him fix it. That's the conversation as it relates to NFL and the coaching search. Something to consider on the other side. It involves Josh Giddy. Odds and ends still to come later on as well. Hi, friends. Richard Karn here. Now, I'm known as the guy who can fix just about anything, but... The technology in most appliances requires very special training to fix. And that's why my family has Choice Home Warranty. Choice Home Warranty covers over 25 major home systems and appliances. That's your AC, heating, plumbing, kitchen and laundry appliances, and so much more. Imagine for less than a cup of coffee a day, Choice Home Warranty can help protect you from expensive major system and appliance breakdowns that your homeowner's insurance doesn't cover. Call Choice Home Warranty now and get access to a nationwide network of over 15,000 technicians and the latest appointment setting technology so you'll know when they're on their way. So do what this old DIYer did and call Choice Home Warranty now before something breaks down. Get protection for your heating, AC, plumbing, kitchen and laundry appliances and more. Call for your free quote today. Call in the next five minutes and get your first month free. 800-394-8109. That's 800-394-8109. Sports Wrap continues on this Thursday. Odds and ends right around the corner. PGA Tour is just a few miles from where we do this show in Palm Springs, California, out at La Quinta, PGA West and La Quinta Country Club. See if Sam's got some hicks that he likes 
for this week's first stop on the mainland in the 2024 PGA Tour season. So we got that coming up for you. Something to consider first as it relates to Josh Giddy. You know, we talked about this story actually briefly yesterday with Kurt Heelan on the program about uh, in the context of the James Dolan story that's out there. If you don't know, go check out the podcast um, over on Spotify and you can see what we were discussing yesterday about James Dolan and the allegations that have been lodged against him uh, in, in relation to something involving Harvey Weinstein. But I want to talk about Josh Giddy for a moment because little did we know that the news would be coming down later on Wednesday that Josh Giddy had been cleared by Newport Beach, California authorities in relation to an investigation of videos that surfaced on social media, images that surfaced on social media of Giddy uh, involved in what many would call an inappropriate manner uh, with a girl that was believed to be a junior in high school. Now, this person that was, at least at the time, believed to be a junior in high school was represented by Gloria Allred, um, the high-powered uh, attorney who has taken on the, the cases of many different women um, in, in a lot of different legal situations over the years. Now, what I'm confused about is the fact that there are no charges filed and this female did not want to cooperate is basically the story that's out there. The New York Post had a story about it this morning. I was going through it, basically saying that the the young teenager uh, in this case that is seen in these images and in these videos decided not to cooperate with authorities. So essentially, the police were handcuffed, for lack of a better term. They had nothing that they could substantiate. Images have been since been deleted off of um, social media. The account that they were attached to was deleted off social media. And again, that doesn't matter. That stuff lives out there forever. If you really want to, you could find the videos or, or the images that are involved in this. But let's put that aside for a second. Let's just say, okay, fine. There is no legal remedy here, criminally and, and probably even civilly if this if this young woman doesn't want to take part in any sort of investigation. The NBA is a different entity. The NBA has basically been following the lead of authorities on this. But now, to me, it is incumbent upon the NBA to go and do their own investigation, their own legwork. Have a conversation if you're Adam Silver. Sit down with Josh Giddy. We know something happened here that should not have happened here. The video doesn't lie. The images don't lie. And Josh Giddy sure as hell hasn't denied anything. The Thunder aren't doing anything, which is just mind-blowing to me. And I've said this before going back to the Aaron Hernandez stuff. Sports teams have a responsibility, not just to their fans, but to their communities to make sure they're doing right by those communities. Now, look, I don't know the details of whether this teenage girl's family knew what was going on and approved of it and were okay with it, and that's why she wasn't cooperating or she just didn't want to be in the spotlight, deal with the headaches of that. Who knows? Everybody in these sorts of cases, it operates in a different way. So I'm not, I'm not casting judgments in that way. 
But what I can't understand is, remember Ben Roethlisberger? This is the this is the one that sticks out to me. Ben Roethlisberger was involved in an incident early in his career that nearly ended his career. Bar, a bathroom, a female, allegations. The police ultimately decided not to press charges. That didn't stop Roger Goodell in the NFL. They suspended him. I think it was for almost half a season, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. could be six games, could be eight games. But there was a penalty to be paid for the disrepute brought on the league for what may have not crossed the line legally, but certainly cast a negative light on the league. There has to be something along those lines for Josh Giddy. Otherwise, Adam Silver looks totally toothless as a commissioner. So I want to see what happens over the next week, two weeks, three weeks. Does the NBA simply hope this story goes away and that nobody will talk about it? Or are they going to sit down with Josh Giddy and say, okay, look, you haven't said a word to the media. This girl's not cooperating. We know there's images. We know there's video. How do we proceed? Or does the NBA simply follow the suit of the Newport Beach, California Police Department and say, eh, she ain't talking. He ain't talking. We're moving on. And if that's the case, there's going to be a lot of people kind of turn their head and tilted to the side and saying something ain't right here. Something's fishy here about why the NBA is just brushing this under the carpet and making it go away. But keep an eye on this space and others who will hopefully be shining a light on a story that should have some light shined on it, despite the fact that authorities in California didn't press charges against Josh Giddy. We're coming back on this Thursday edition of the program with odds and ends. PGA Tour hits the mainland. Betting advice on that and a whole bunch more. Don't go anywhere. Before we say goodbye on the show, uh, some odds and ends. Rest in peace, uh, Dejan Milosevic. And we talked about this on the show yesterday with, um, well, we didn't talk about it with Kurt Heelan. Kurt and I talked about it off air because we didn't know any details. I did mention it later in the show um, that the assistant coach for the uh, Golden State Warriors had been hospitalized after a medical event on Tuesday night. Turns out it was heart attack. Uh, he passed away on Wednesday morning. At the age of 46, and I just have to say from a personal standpoint, I'm 46 years old, and I can't fathom what it has to be like for the people around this guy. Coaches, family, he had two kids. Uh, The basketball fraternity being as small as it is. Um, Dejan Milosevic losing his life at the age of 46 from a heart attack. It's one of those things that sort of makes you take a step back. See, Sam, you're, you're 23 years old. you got your whole life ahead of you. You're, you're sitting there thinking to yourself, <laughs> 23. I mean, my God, I don't have to worry about any health issues. I'm 23 years old. This guy was 46 years old. That is way too young um, to be lost from this world. So thoughts and uh, prayers and condolences uh, to Dejan Milosevic, his family, 
the, the Golden State Warriors family, the NBA family. Um, the game for the Warriors last night was canceled on Wednesday night. Their game now on Friday night has also been postponed. So a couple of postponements. They'll have to figure out where to make those things up. Obviously a huge shock uh, for that organization. Our best wishes and sympathies go out to that organization. All right, switching gears. Uh, golf this weekend. Uh, starting today, the American Express Championship, the Amex as it's called, just a stone's throw from where I sit here in Studio J at Decibel 88. The Amex is one of the best events on the tour. They've got great musical acts out there. I don't get paid a dime to say this. Um, I think they have Keith Urban out there this year in Train performing on Friday night and Saturday night. Yeah, I'm not joking. Great musical acts out there. Uh, Friday I think night. The, I think the Decibel 88 flight booker may have forgotten my ticket. <laughs> uh, our, our company travel agent, I'm supposed to be there right now, actually. I man, I wanted you out here to play the media day event so you could embarrass yourself out there with me. But you didn't you, make it. What could I say? So you actually you accidentally said yourself there instead of I would embarrass you on on the golf. That, that's neither here nor there. Yes, that is neither here nor there. Um, so anyway, you got the event coming up this weekend. Uh, obviously, going to be a lot of fun. Get started today. All right, young uh, Scott. Scott. Oh my God. Young Sam Yarnell. I'm sorry, I had a brain fart there. Almost called I, you Scott. I golf like Scotty Scheffler, Scott Stalling. So, I mean, sure. Um, give me a winner this weekend. I like Sung J.M. Uh, where we stand at the time of this recording, he hasn't started as well as I would have hoped, but I got him at 30 to 1 before the tournament started. I, I saw now. him as low as <laughs> 21 to 1 yeah. at some points, uh, at some books, but. I, I like Sung Jay in this tournament. He's he's a good one. Uh, I like Bo Hostler as well. He's my long shot. I think Bo could turn it around at this tournament and, and come from the back of the pack and really make a statement here late. So we'll go Sung Jay M as my main play, and then a little uh, a little sprinkle on some Bo Hostler. Listen, I know it's chalky, but Patrick Cantlay, man, I've watched him tear up this course before. Uh, he's going off at eight to one plus 800 if you want to go with somebody uh this weekend and, and you want to feel confident that he'll be there on sunday in the mix i think he, a couple of years ago he shot like 61 on this course on a sunday uh it's played over two courses la quinta, la quinta country club uh as well as pga west i've played pga west i have not played la quinta country club it is a course that you can get it is a gettable course um, you know, it's got its difficulties. Don't get me wrong. And the greens are fantastic there, uh, as a PGA property, but, um, should be a fun weekend. I like Patrick Cantlay, who's now at plus 850, by the way, which means he must not have gotten off to a great start as he is plus 850. Now, uh, we'll keep an eye on that. We'll update it on Friday's edition of the show. Speaking of Friday's edition of the show, by the way, page versus the Prince, we got four divisional NFL playoff games to pick. We will obviously do that. And one other uh, note from the world of golf, Bernhard Longer making an announcement uh, on Wednesday. At the age of 66, this will be his final Masters uh, of, of what has been one of the great careers in all of professional golf. And frankly, you could argue with what he's done since the age of 50, one of the greatest careers any athlete in any sport could ever have after the age of 50. 
I mean, he's won more Champions Tour events than anybody else that has ever played the sport. He's a two-time Masters winner. I mean, you talk about the all-time greats, and we talk about Jack and Harney and Gary Player and all these guys. I mean, Bernard Longer will probably still make the cut at 66 at Augusta National this year. That's that's how great this guy has been uh, throughout his entire career. And honestly, if it wasn't for the fact that he's getting older and obviously some of the difficulties that come with that physically, he'd probably still be in contention uh, on some of these major stages. I, I, I talked to him last year when he was out here to play an event, and he was saying, it's just the physical part now. He's still sharp mentally. He could still putt. He could still chip, but you start losing distance. What used to be a six iron is now a five iron or a four iron, and that obviously makes it a lot more difficult. But kudos to Bernhard Longer. You want somebody to root for uh, to make the weekend at Augusta National. Make it Bernhard Longer. Final word goes to you. tournament the other week. What was that? That he won. Did he? There was that tournament against Charlie and Tiger that he and his son won just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, the father-son event. That's what it was. Yeah. All right, Sam, have yourself a great day. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. Talk winners then. We will talk winners then. I'm Jason Page. That's a wrap for us on this Thursday. We'll see you back here on Friday.